Awesome, man. Let's rock and roll, dude. I'm digging the new album, The Waiting. The Waiting is finally over. We got a new album. It's been a few. Indeed, indeed. And I'm kind of curious, man. Had you uh, been chipping away at it the past four, five, six, seven years? Or did the pandemic kind of slow you down and say, hey, you know what? Now I do have time to focus on this record. Well, it's a, it's a combination of everything, right? So uh, we started recording it pre-pandemic and of course pandemic hits and nobody knows what the hell's going on so we kind of like you know we took some time and i was i was never scared with this pandemic thing to be honest with you i knew look i know it killed a lot of people and actually my own cousin uh but uh i still really wasn't concerned i got it and a lot of people basically everybody that i know got it at some point right but um so it kind of slowed us down a little bit and you know and i I think to our advantage really you know we were able to get in there record more songs you know because there's you know when you do an album you just don't say pick 10 songs and you're going to do it you always do more to and then you're like, oh, you know what, Dad, this one does not working so well. So let's leave that one off. So that's exactly what happened. So to me, everything worked out for the best. Yeah, I mean, way more time than you normally get on an album. Normally, it's, you know, hurry up and crank it out. And I, I know <laughs> talking to Touch Upon Glenn, the albums that he likes to record are like lightning quick, like one take kind of deal. So it must have been nice to kind of do the inverse and, and take your time. Yeah, um, you know, I think you know for glenn you know glenn you know goes into some great studios uh fortunately for me i have my own so it's it works out where it's good and it's bad right because in a regular studio time is money and the money is yours so the clock keeps ticking in this case we don't have that issue because i can just keep doing whatever i want to do right and go over it and blah 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 so you know uh in that regard you know sometimes you have to just kind of put your foot down and go you know what we got to live with it because otherwise it'll never get done yeah yeah you could you because could, you do have that option of of keeping keeping it going yeah you could tweak on it forever you could tinker with it all day long i was gonna say do you do like a a, a car test or anything you're like throw it on in the car rock out with it and you're like okay it's good you know it, it you know it's it's amazing that uh the amount of options we have now to listen right so in previous years ago you went to the car right or you went to a boom box (laughs) well what is the majority of people listen to music on now and that's basically a bluetooth speaker sure right that's the majority no one has real big stereos in their home anymore no so it's either on ear pods uh a bluetooth speaker and or car you're streaming so uh you know fortunately we have a multitude of different types of bluetooth speakers (laughs) that you can go oh you know it sounds good on this one this one's a little bass heavy this one you know and then it's interesting i i bought this headphone system and that there was so they're they're flat sounding headphones and then there's a uh like a plug-in as they call it for for digital audio workstation uh that simulates a studio it simulates a car the inside of a car oh wow simulates a boom box a a ear pods you you know so it's pretty amazing to get the feel of different sounding rooms and and of course and you're taking it and 
because I have really good studio monitors, but nobody listens to <laughs> music on really good studio monitors for the most part. Right. I'm sure there are some people that do. Uh, I know I would because I'm just a uh, I'm I'm a I'm a geek when it comes to audio yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you know I've I've invested heavily over the years, but most people just like listening, you know, on their ear pods or whatever it is, and and that's cool. You know, we have to make it for everyone. Totally, totally. And you did, dude, a really diverse sounding record. Like you can't pigeonhole this band and put it in one box. There's punk, there's rock, there's there's uh, like goth, there's metal, and even a little Alice in Chains influence on on like a tune like uh, Waiting for the Sun to Go Down. I was like, whoa, okay, this is another you, you, you know, You know, I've, I've heard that and it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, uh, um, I'm a fan of all music. Sure. I don't like to um, I'm not one to pigeonhole myself. We, myself and, and Dan Tracy, uh, my partner, in Black 29, we didn't sit down to say we're going to write a song like this. <laughs> it, it's kind of like it all starts with I hum into my phone when I get an idea <laughs> and and then we kind of work on it. So being that I Dan uh, says I have ADD Supreme. Right. ADHD, whatever the hell it is. Um, so he has to decipher what I'm humming and I'll go, no, that's not it. Yeah, maybe that'll work. And yeah, that's, you know, so he, you know, he's really good at deciphering what's going on in my head. So it that's the way we work. It's just simple. Right. It's just music. Here's the thing. Because of my ADD Supreme Plus premium account that I got going on in my head. I have to make it where I can actually listen to it again, mm-hmm. because like if I go on a treadmill, I'll go through 50 songs in a half hour because right. I can't sit still and listen to one song. <laughs> but so if I can listen to my own songs over and over, which I normally don't like once I usually record something, I'm done with it. Yep. I'll, you know, but actually this album, I've been able to listen to over the past few years that you know in in the process of recording all these songs i've actually been able to listen i'm actually a fan of it and not that i'm not a fan of my previous stuff but i'm this hits me more i i figured out that thing that can that can that touches that nerve up here and 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 just kind of keep me focused i was gonna say man it's a big transition obviously we first kind of learned about you being a drummer and then a bassist and now you're a singer has that always been the plan or have you just kind of slowly been gaining confidence over the years to do that so you know obviously started with drums you know and of course playing in my first punk band morning noise and then of course sam hain and then came the bass in 1999. Now I knew how to kind of I wasn't I I won't call myself a rhythm guitar player, but I can I write songs on a guitar, so I'm able to play chords. And in 1999, uh, we did a Sam Hain reunion, right? And we didn't have a bass player, so uh, we. Glenn's like, well, why don't you play bass on the songs that London may play drums on after I left the band and London will play bass on the songs that you play drums on. I'm like, okay, I've never played bass before, (laughs) but I don't even own a bass. (laughs) So we did it and uh, that worked. And then of course, when I was uh, asked to join Danzig 17 years ago, uh, it kind of like, um, I'm like, all right, 
I, I think we could do this. It's been seven years since I've played bass. <laughs> so basically, Glenn taught me how to play bass. Oh, wow. I, I, you know, my my bass playing is kind of unconventional for bass players. I kind of have that uh, Didi Ramon type playing of all, and Glenn wouldn't have any other way. You know, for it's it's all down strokes on on the bass it's it's a powerful thing i so I, the bass to me is more of a weapon uh, <laughs> and i play it more like a guitar because it's you know it's got to be that driving force you know especially in danzig you know there's a lot of bands using tracks out there and i'm not saying that's good or bad that's that's a, you know a lot of bands kind of need tracks to enforce their production uh with danzig we don't use tracks and to get that power going, you know, especially during guitar leads, you need that power of the bass. So um, Glenn taught me and that's uh, that's what I do. It <laughs> well, works out really well. Yeah, dude. And, and touching, uh, definitely want to talk some Danzig in a few, but did, did finish out on the Black 29 stuff. I imagine, uh, speaking of Danzig, showing the, the riffs and stuff to Tommy Victor, and that's how you got him on Destroyers at practice saying, hey, check this out, check out this riff. With the whole pandemic timeline, were you able to record with him or did you have to send him the files and stuff? Well, at that point, uh, you know, Tommy and uh, Johnny Kelly were, Johnny lives in uh, Texas now. And Tommy at that point was living in California. So with the pandemic thing going on, you know, I reached out. I actually, they're on two songs. They're also on um, a song called Long Cool Woman, which is a, a Holly song. And so that's on, both songs are on the CD. Only the uh, the Destroyer song is on the album. So I had, uh, you know, reached out to them. I was like, hey, can you do me a favor? I, you know, I'd love to have you guys on it. And he's like, I haven't picked up my guitar in a year. Oh, wow. You know, well, he had just become a new dad and, you know, pandemic. So he wasn't really focused on music because there was no music happening. Yeah. So he, he, you know, he did a favor for me and, you know, he delivered great results as Tommy would normally do. I mean, if you hear prong stuff and, you know, he's he's amazing. Yeah. The he's new amazing. prong new prong tune is killer too. a uh, breaking point. Yeah. No, it. I I got to uh, go to the studio in New Jersey that he was tracking at and uh, hear some of that stuff, you know, when um, when he was recording. Actually, I sang backups on a song. Uh-huh. I'm not sure which song, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Tommy is, uh, you know, he's a stickler for wanting everything to be perfect for, you know, for prong and everything. So, you know, I didn't think he would disappoint in any way, shape or form. No, I need it really came through and and like you said to johnny kelly great pocket man johnny is you know he's the metal swinger man <laughs> i mean you know i got to see him with quiet riot and you know it's and it's kind of interesting uh listening to johnny playing quiet riot frankie benali who was an amazing drummer right i mean i i was never a metal fan that's not that was never my thing i i, I grew up on punk Right. So but when I heard Quiet Riot, you know, Mama Roll Crazy and Come On Feel the Noise, I was like, I got to meet Frankie Benali one time. I'm like, how the hell did you get that drum sound? Because for the early 80s, that drum sound did not exist. Yeah. You know, real quick. I mean, it wasn't until Phil Collins, believe it or not, him and his producer, Hugh Padgham, they were the two guys that 
figured out how to record drums. Because if you hear that thing like uh, in the air tonight, well, you know, they they figured out with gates and everything how to actually make drums sound big in the 70s. Most drum sounds were very small. It was very, you never, the kick never really came through. It was always that sound of like uh, muffled stuff. So when Quiet Riot, you know, you hear hear, hear these big drums, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So Frankie was a very on top of the beat, right? Johnny always plays kind of behind the beat. He, Johnny swings, you know, he's got that Bill Ward thing going, John Bonham, his two favorites, you know, and uh you know so it's interesting to listen to quiet riot with johnny on drums i go he says well how was it i'm like i've never heard quiet riot swing so much (laughs) you know it's great it it works because they play around him right sure and it 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 still works but it's got a it's a different feel it's johnny it's a johnny feel yeah and you know it's great speaking of live shows is there any opportunity you're thinking about putting this on the road or is it just kind of a studio thing Absolutely. We're working on that now. I just got uh, hooked up with a um, booking agency. So we're in the midst of, you know, booking shows. So I'm looking forward to it because I always tell people that's the best part of this business is playing live shows. Otherwise, it's like uh, as much as I love the studio, being out and in, you know, in a live situation to me is is more important. Because how do you, you know, what's, I, I don't write for myself. I mean, it's, it's great to be able to, for others to experience it. Sure. Yeah. And especially well, the, yeah, hard- we're, we're looking forward to it. No metal lifestyle. I mean, in, in order to grow a band too, you have to do it live. I don't think you can just have an album studio creation and make it happen. It's interesting because I think, you know, if you look like, I think, I believe like the hip hop audience is one of the few that you don't need to tour Sure. like that to sell records you know there's two jo- there's, there's actually there's like three genres that sell millions of records without touring hip-hop uh latin music mm. huge huge and and you you have these a lot of these latino bands that you've never heard of but yet they're selling out three nights of madison square garden <laughs> and then you don't see another show for whatever yeah but they when they do come together, it, it's a it's a huge thing. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing, you know, and and country for that matter, too. I mean, there are country artists that tour all the time, but it's one of the few uh, uh, genres that sell so many physical copies of things. Yeah. Well, dude, so. speaking of the live show, I got to thank you. And it was awesome to see you guys with Danzig. Uh, Toyota Arena in May playing Danzig 2 in its entirety, man. And and sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, that was kind of my entry point with Danzig to get to hear a girl and pain of this world live and you plucking away that bass line. Like, that was... <laughs> I used to use that bass line. I used to loop it and use it as like a horror music bed, like Halloween music bed. But oh, to wow. finally hear it live and, and hear that bass part, it's such a killer part. And it was so good to hear it all live. Yeah, you know, we're, um, we're, um, the beginning of June, we're flying out to uh, Poland and Finland mm. to do Danzig One in its entirety. Uh. So uh, I I can't wait for that. And of course, we'll be taking it to the States uh, at the end of August, I believe we start. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think next week, 
the first week of May, they'll start advertising. And and in two weeks from today, we have a Danzig Sings Elvis show in in um, Vegas. How's that so, been going? I know you did an LA show. Are, are you doing the stand up bass for that? No, actually, I'm not. I'm not doing bass. Oh. I'm doing drums on that. Ah, okay. We we don't we don't have bass on that. We have a <laughs> uh, this guy Ronnie King on Baby Grant, real Baby Grant. Yep. And we have a like a uh, rockabilly type guitar player, and it just works. Ah, okay. So it's it's a it's a real fun show to listen to Glenn Danzig sing Elvis. I don't even want to say sing. He croons it. <laughs> yeah. And you know that's what makes Glenn Glenn. I mean, if even even early the early Misfit songs, he doesn't sing; he croons, <laughs> and that's why his voice is his voice, and that's why he's Glenn Danzig, because he's a crooner. Evil and, Elvis, yeah, evil Elvis, <laughs> and and to hear him sing these songs is just it makes the the hair in your arms just stand up okay. because he's just so so comfortable and so authentic with it. It's pretty pretty amazing love it man and you know if i could ask you a question about glenn uh you know <laughs> you, you i thought i was cool i went to high school with a guy named keith van horde that played some nba ball but you went to high school with erie vaughn and and doyle and uh, the thing i was trying to think of for you and i'm dying to know man take me back to that moment when you're just in high school or just graduating and glenn comes up to you and goes guys i'm gonna quit misfits you want to start a band <laughs> Take me back to that moment, man. All right. So um, there were, I guess there was, you know, there was tension back in the day with the, the Misfits. Was, you know, that's no uh, secret. Sure. And I think everybody was on a different wavelength. Um, I think the two brothers, Jerry and Doyle, uh, were looking to do something else. And they were very involved with their father's business. Uh, and at that time, you know, I knew Jerry had to run it. Uh, so like I said, a lot of tension. And I remember Glenn coming back from the last misfit show, which was like October 30th of, uh, that was 1983. <clears throat> and I remember I, he called me to tell me that the band was over and he was going to start another band, which he had already kind of started, feeling other people out and it was the minor threat guys and i don't he wasn't feeling that so um you know he calls me up he's like how'd you like to start a band <laughs> what am i gonna say but <laughs> yes of, of course. course so uh I, it was pretty amazing what was interesting is he didn't want to do misfits part two which was fine by all of us so why, why yeah. you know I have the, you know, the saying, be yourself because everyone else has been taken. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I live by that motto. I'll even show you. I even had it put on. Be yourself. Yep. It's a reminder. It's a reminder for those who come and work in my studio. It's a reminder to everybody to be yourself because everyone else has been taken. (laughs) Um, So, when we started Sam Hain, it was, I think we all kind of like we're scratching our heads going, what is this? Right. So, cause you're so used to 
knowing Glenn Danzig as the voice of the Misfits, sure, right, and even some of his solo stuff that he he did during the time of the Misfits, that you're now doing Sam Hain, which uh, was totally different. It wasn't you know two four on a, on the drums. It now was these kind of you know four, four. these these you know all these different tom beats and stuff like that and 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 it was it was very different and i think no one really because look we didn't have the internet back then so you could you know it was the live show that you had to right. get this across and of course your records and at the time everything was analog so you know you shipped your records to a distributor the distributor got it out to the stores and hopefully people came into the stores and to, to buy it so the process our, the process for us was a little faster because of the misfits sure right but it still was a thing of people catching on to a new sound which in turn i didn't realize influenced more people than i that i actually thought it would ever uh including the guys in metallica and whatnot sure so in that case um i'm pretty happy that we did that and glenn's vision if you listen to the danzig legacy of misfit sam hayne danzig they're all they're you know once here once here once here yeah so they're not it's not like a repeat no you're not going to get the the repeat of, of each band it's totally separate in, in on danzig four is the only place where i really hear a little bit of kind of sam hayne in some songs ah. but for the most part there's one or two songs, but for the most part, they're all separate. Speaking of Danzig you know? Four, touching on Danzig Four, did you have to kind of catch yourself on the the Black Twenty Nine record? I don't mind the pain and don't mind the pain. Mind. You know what? <laughs> Let me tell you something. I I didn't even put two and two together until like so, somebody else pointed that out. I didn't even think of that. You know, first thing I thought of, but uh, I, you know, there's only so many things we can come up with. It's like, look, you, you, you look on, you look on the neck of a guitar, right? How many frets do you have to write yeah. a song? Think how many millions of songs are written right here. That's all you got. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you, totally. So at some point, something's going to kind of overlap not maybe you know i and again i didn't even think of that because i'm um i don't really listen it's not that i don't listen to music no, trust me that's not the case but it's not like i i go and listen to that right so it's, i think it was just a coincidence really well dude i appreciate all the time and one of the last things i wanted to hit you with you had kind of touched upon it Sam Hain being such a big influence, James Hetfield giving you guys plenty of love over the years, talked about it being his favorite album, perfect album and all that. We do a little feature called Mandatory Metallica, which you're going to be a part of. So I'm kind of curious if you've had any interaction with those guys, with Hetfield, shared the stage with them, hung out with them. Yeah, uh, you know, we've played uh, lots of festivals with them over the past and, you know, gotten to talk with them. As a matter of fact, um, I, Glenn and I, this is years and years ago, in, in New York back in the day, they used to have a thing called the New Music Seminar. Mm -hmm. And Glenn and I went to see Black Flag and the Sisters of Mercy. Nice. At the uh, Old Ritz. And who was there but James 
and Cliff Burton. Ah, uh, so we got to hang out with them. Uh, that, was, that was pretty cool. God, talk about a special bass player. Great guy. And actually, they came to a show of ours in San Francisco and I got to hang out with him. And he was a uh, Cliff was a he was a real sweetheart. I hear a comedian, man. I hear he's cracking jokes left and right. But new music like. Oh, yeah. No. Other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in in 15 minutes, you know, he'll tell you the history of all kinds of things musically. And, you know, so it was a great guy. Yeah, and an incredible bass player. I mean, legendary what what he brought to the bass. Do you have a favorite Metallica tune we could play for you on Mandatory Metallica? Uh man. Uh You know, uh I like the one off the uh, uh, uh the, the one that they did with Lady Gaga. Moth into Flame? Um Moth into Yes. Newer tune. Well, yeah. I, I mean, look, we, I, I, we could go back, you know, uh, uh, to the Kill 'Em All album and start naming songs. You know what I'm saying? No, I love and, it. I love pulling a, d- a newer uh, cut. That's Seek cool. And Destroy, obviously. I mean, you can't go wrong. But I like to give newer albums a chance. Absolutely. Now, I haven't listened to the brand new one that they're out, which I, I just downloaded on Spotify. You need but, to. You know. Um, I love listening to newer music because it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. They're still relevant. Uh, and obviously with the, the types of shows that they're playing, <laughs> they're they're one of these bands that'll keep going and going and going. And it's it's they bring that power. Yeah. Right. And they're one of the few bands that can still come out with new music and people will still buy it. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about where people a lot of times only want want bands for their old catalog. And the reason for that is not because they don't like new music, but the older music takes them back to a point yeah. in time where you didn't have to think and things weren't so damn serious. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. You, you were younger. What was your worries when you were 18 years old? Right. All right. It's different when you're 40. Sure. Sure. Right. So you want to relive that piece. So <laughs> let's go back to that time. For sure. But I think with, with bands like Metallica, they're they're still bringing that. They're oh, bringing yeah. that anger out in people. And that's you know what? We need that. We do. We do. We need them to champion hard rock and metal. And the new album is a banger. I think it's their best since the black album, like best in, in good 20 years. So give it a good listen. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time. Can't wait to see you on the live show whenever that happens. Absolutely, Mike. And uh, hopefully Danzig will be coming back probably in the same place. I think in the end of August, beginning of September. Okay, great. Please come down, get in touch with me and I'll... You know, come be my guest. I would love that. Yeah, we presented, my radio station presented that show, that May show, and I I interviewed Glenn before it, so it was great. Big supporter, man. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, brother. You too, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.
Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.